All right, welcome back for the next part of the series on training plans for beginners. Just to recap, first you determine your starting point or current fitness level, and then you set the goal you're going to work for. Now it's time to fill in the middle with all the incremental steps you need to go from the start to finish. This is the most critical, detailed, and technical part of creating the plan. If you simply search 5K training plans, you'll not have to look very hard to find results. From beginner-level couch to 5K programs to Jeff Galloway's elite training plan, you can find a calendar that lists what to run, when to run, and how much to run. But have you ever wondered how do they come up with this? Experience? Yes, in most cases a coach knows how to develop a quality training plan through years of competing as a runner before becoming a coach themselves. But you don't have to be that elite athlete to know how to construct a training plan. All training plans for distance running events will be comprised of the same basic elements, or any activity. These basic elements are periodization, safe workload progression, and goal-specific workouts. If this is your first training plan, you don't necessarily need to build out a plan with all these details, but it will help you understand the general structure and progression of the plan. Periodization refers to the systematic planning of training. The idea behind periodization is to reach peak performance at the most important point in time. Usually this is a competition, but it can also just be the personal goal line you set for yourself. It is a progressive cycle that divides the conditioning program into different phases of training, each with their own goal. You can adjust the timeline for these based on the duration of the plan you're creating. There are three different cycles. First, you have the macro cycle, then the meso cycle, and finally, the micro cycle. A macro cycle is usually a year-long plan made up of three phases, preparation, competitive, and transition. The preparation phase usually lasts two-thirds to three-quarters of the macro cycle and is where the majority of the training takes place. The competitive phase is the period of time where the main event or goal race takes place. And finally, you have the transition phase, which is where rest and time off come into play. The athlete is getting ready to transition to the next macro cycle by resting and healing their body. A meso cycle represents a phase of training that lasts anywhere from two to six weeks. It is a period of time with a specific focus on the type of physical adaptation. For example, building an anaerobic base or increasing muscle mass would be considered a meso cycle. These different meso cycles are then combined to form the macro cycle. The micro cycle then refers to the individual and daily activities that work towards the goal of the meso cycle. The micro cycle typically lasts a week and would include elements like a long run or hill workout. Your daily workouts are the individual sessions that make up each week's microcycle. Each session will have one or more physical activities that addresses something you need to move forward, such as strength, endurance, speed, power, or other skills or abilities. Looping back to the introduction, all these cycles combine to constitute the process that you are committing yourself to. These are the paving stones on the road to achieving your goal. You will see that these cycles slowly add more and more to the workload. If done correctly, the body will adapt to the increased workload and you will see an improvement in performance. This must be done carefully though. Adding too much too soon will cause the body to break down under the increased workload and lead to injuries. On the other hand, if you do not increase the workload enough, the body will not be forced to adapt and you will see that your performance plateaus. The key is to find the right balance and progression. A popular guideline is to not increase the workload by more than 10% from the previous week. The final basic component is the goal-specific workouts that make up the microcycles. It is important that your training plan contains workouts that are specifically designed for the goal you're aiming for, whether that's a distance, pace, weight, etc. This is where training plans begin to differ the most as they diverge to accommodate different goals. 
Now, let's try to bring all of this together to form a training plan. Once you have decided on your goal, for example, a race, distance, and time you want, in the goal time, you'll begin to plan out different phases or periods of training using race-specific workouts. Each period will have its own goal, such as improving leg strength, increasing VO2 max, or letting the body recover. A quality training plan will use different periods of time to safely progress your race-specific workouts to ensure you reach your peak performance at the time of your race. Here is a very basic breakdown of the periods for a simple 12-week general fitness training program with three four-week periods. First, in weeks one to four, this is your getting started and building up period. You need to keep things easy to moderate. The goal here is to get acclimated to your new exercise regimen and make it to the next phase. Your body just needs time to adjust. You're also trying to optimize your training time and build endurance. We suggest taking two days off each week for rest, such as Monday and Sunday, but if it works better for you to take two different days off, then move the workouts around to adjust. Just keep the workouts in the same order so your body has time to rest. Each day, when you can either do one activity, such as running or strength training, or a combo workout, which includes two activities done shortly after one another, such as running, then strength training. Combo training is great for time-crunched athletes. When you're just getting started, do the lower intensity or less technical workout of the two first so as to minimize risk of injury and help build endurance. It will serve as a warm-up for the more intense activity that follows and won't leave you feeling too drained to complete the second one. For any activity you do, you need to be monitoring your rating of perceived exertion to judge intensity and speed. <clears throat> this is directly linked to your heart rate. It's important to know this for a few reasons. Beginning a new training program at very high RPE levels increases the risk of injury. Faster paces can only be maintained for short periods and some activities should be controlled at lower paces. Learning your baseline will also help you know how much to increase intensity when needed in the next few periods. The perceived exertion scale is as follows, and we're just using running as an example here. Zone 1 includes gentle rhythmic breathing at an easy pace like a jog or a trot. Zone 2, your breathing rate and pace increase, and pace is an easy run. Zone 3, aware of breathing a little harder at a moderate pace. Zone 4, starting to breathe hard, paces fast and approaching a 10k race pace. Zone 5A, breathing hard at 10k race effort. Zone 5B, heavy labored breathing at 5k race. And zone 5C, maximal exertion at a sprint. For the first four weeks of your plan, you should keep the zones to one or two. If you have multiple exercise types in your plan, which you should, make sure you aren't doing the same activity two days in a row if it's intensive or works the same part of your body, such as a leg day followed by a hard running day. The warm-up phase of your plan is also a great opportunity to figure out what works for you, such as what activities you enjoy doing, what time of day works for you generally or with specific activities, and what intensity level you can exercise at or how much rest you need for after each activity. It's easy to make changes now. For the first two to three weeks of this phase, of your workouts should not be ramping up in, in intensity at all, whether that's increasing weight, speed, reps, distance, laps, or etc. But you can slowly decrease any rest periods between sets or laps over that time to start pushing your body a bit harder. In the last week, you can build up the intensity to start bridging to the second period. You should also start to add in longer warm-ups and cool-downs to your workouts, which will help become more important in the next two phases as your workouts really get tough. You will likely need a lot more rest during this phase, and that's all right. If you are running, it's okay to walk some. 
If you're swimming, you can take longer pauses between laps. But the key is to keep moving if you can and to get back to the full intensity allowed as soon as you're able, not when you feel like it. For example, if you need to walk a bit, pick a point like a specific tree that's not too far away, only a couple hundred yards at most, that will give you time to catch your breath and let you, your legs relax. But when you get to that tree, you must run again. Don't just pick another tree to toddle towards. If you're swimming, instead of hanging on the wall, just pruning up, get a kickboard or roll on your back and gently kick a lap. Needing rest is fine, but try to make it active rest to keep your heart rate up and your body from cooling down. Moving on to weeks five and eight to eight. Now it's time to really start building up your exercise sessions in both time and intensity, but reasonably so. For weeks five to six, keep it to zones one to two. In weeks seven and eight, you can increase your early week workouts to zones one to three, but keep your later week workouts to zones one to two. This will help give your body time to get ready for the more intense workouts early the following week. Again, you're increasing intensity with more reps, laps, time, or miles depending on your chosen exercise activities. But you will also need to increase your rest temporarily too. For example, if you have increased the number of laps you swim, you will need to increase your rest in between them for the first week, but you can then reduce the rest time again the second week. Then in the third week, you increase the laps again and increase the rest again, but in the fourth week, you decrease the rest time yet again. This will help you build endurance without wearing your body out too fast. As your exercise sessions become more intense and longer, you may need to start adding things into your hydration plan, such as nutrition and energy drinks for the longest or most intense workouts. But beware, if you aren't exercising at that level, then you don't need them. If your body doesn't need it, those drinks are just salty, sugary gut bombs that reverse your gains. Overall, this phase is also a good time to really be focusing on what you put into your body generally. You likely already started trying to eat better during phase one, but now that your body is beginning to get in better shape, you're most likely feeling the effects of junk food more and wanting to keep your diet clean. If so, then great. But now you also must take into make sure that the good stuff you're eating is appropriate for fueling what your body needs to perform at its new level. We aren't going into macronutrition at this time, but we will cover that soon. But for example, salads are healthy and all, but they don't necessarily provide the fats and proteins your body needs to recover and rebuild and re-energize. That's what cheese, bacon, and ranch dressing for, right? Rest is also more important now, and in this phase, you're going to start getting familiar with other aspects of a training cycle. Now, not only will you rest in between sets or laps or activities, sometimes you'll be resting for the whole workout. What does this mean? No, you aren't just going to go sit on the couch. It means you'll still have an exercise session, but your intensity level drops off significantly to allow your body to re recover and adapt. This is similar to what we discussed in period one, active rest. Instead of running, go jog or walk instead. Rather than swimming lots of laps at a, at a fast pace, swim fewer laps easily or, or just kick more. Don't pick up the heavy weights at max reps, get lighter weights with a moderate set. Your RPE zo zones should only be one to two max during active rest sessions. And finally, weeks 9 to 12, this period is the home stretch for your training plan. In this training block, both the volume and intensity of your workouts increases. Some workouts will be in RPE zones 3 to 4. However, if the goal you are training for is a race or other competition, then the training volume for the final week, week 12, is reduced so that your body gets rest so you can have a fun and successful race. Otherwise, full steam ahead to your personal finish line. If you will be racing, here are some pointers to help you avoid rookie mistakes. Refrain from doing any more training than what is included on the schedule. 
Do not do a test event the day before your race just to be sure you can make it. This will leave you tired for the race itself and you may very well not make it. Your concern will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Don't sweat your progress or get yourself worked up about what you could possibly have done better. What's done is done, so try to relax and enjoy the fitness level you have achieved. Your mind can undo the progress your body has made when it counts. Conquer those nagging little fears with positive self-talk. Your goal on race day isn't to win the race, but just to finish it with a smile on your face. If you do your best, the results will speak for themselves. You don't have control over your competitor's performance. And if you do, then you're probably doing something illegal and immoral. So just focus on yourself and run your own race. There are always more races to do better in the future. Anyway, now you have your training plan laid out and you're ready to get started. When? Today, of course. Don't push it off till tomorrow what you can do today. And most importantly, don't obsess over whether your training plan is perfect. If this is your first time creating a plan, you don't actually know what you really need yet. You can always change the plan going forward as you learn more about the process and yourself. So tape the plan to the fridge or tack it to the wall, but put it where you can't not see it and go out there and get after it. Thank you for watching our video. I hope you found something of value in it that will help you take steps towards achieving your goals, whatever they may be. If you have any questions or comments about today's topic, please drop a comment below or shoot me an email at info at fitenable.net. I want to know what topics or information you all are looking for that we can cover in future videos that will be helpful to you. And if you don't mind, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or like our Facebook page and share this video with your friends and family. They might find something of value in it too, and it's a big help to us to continue providing these videos. We aren't just an information company, we are also a take action company too. So don't forget to check out our complete race calendar at fitandableproductions.com to find your next event so you can put what you learned here into action. Knowing what you need to do doesn't matter if you don't actually do it. All of our races, with everything from mile to marathon, help support one or more local great charitable organizations that provide much needed services in our community. As always, thank you for racing with Fit and Able.